Missing Australia, the official podcast of the Australian Police Journal. Hello and welcome to episode four of Policing Australia. I'm Jason Burns, an assistant editor at the APJ. Each of Australia's eight police agencies is headed by a commissioner of police, a position almost always occupied by a career police officer. These officials are appointed by their respective state or territory governments, and in the case of the Australian Federal Police, the Commonwealth Government. Police commissioners have widespread obligations. These range from legislative responsibilities for the general administration and good governance of their agency, to being the public face of policing, the main point of contact between their agency and the relevant government minister, and they also have a range of legal obligations under numerous pieces of criminal legislation. Commissioners are also expected to drive cultural and organisational change in their agency, as well as provide effective leadership to police officers and departmental public servants. In some jurisdictions, police commissioners have added responsibilities. These can include heading the combined police and emergency service departments and or to coordinate statewide responses to disasters or emergencies, irrespective of whether it's a law enforcement issue or not. It's not an easy job. The average time in office for an Australian police commissioner has reduced in recent decades. It's currently around six years for those commissioners who have served in the position exclusively in the 21st century. In this episode, I'll speak with Tasmania Police Commissioner Darren Hine. He has been a police officer in Tasmania for 41 years. In that time, he has served in a range of positions, including general duties, investigations, support and management. In 2010, he was appointed Commissioner, the 14th since the formation of the Tasmania Police in 1899. Prior to his formal appointment, Mr Hine had served two years as Acting Commissioner during a period of uncertainty for the organisation regarding the employment of his predecessor. Mr Hine is the longest serving of all the current Australian Commissioners. He has been awarded the Order of Australia and the Australian Police Medal. And like his seven peers, he is a company member of the Australian Police Journal, Proprietary Limited. Commissioner, thanks for your time. When you were appointed Commissioner, what were the goals and objectives you set for yourself and for the Tasmania Police? I suppose there were several things that I wanted to do when taking over the role of Commissioner. First of all was actually uh, provide the community with a safe environment. That's what policing is all about. We go back to the Peel principles about looking after your community. The community are the police and the police are the community. So first and foremost, I wanted to make sure we had a safe environment for the community to, to work and to live within. And secondly, it was also about modernising the organisation to make sure we took advantage of various technologies that could assist us as well. And the third thing, and probably one of the most important, is to actually learn what the role was all about. You know, there's no use coming into a role that you haven't done before and try and change the world. Whilst I came up through the ranks, I also wanted to settle into the role and understand the role, work with the role, work with the other police commissioners around Australia and New Zealand, and just to make sure I had a good feel for what, what I could do, what I should do, and what the community wants. You've had a varied policing career. You've worked operationally in uniform and plain clothes before a series of leadership and managerial postings, which included a stint as Deputy Commissioner. How much did all of that prepare you for the job of Commissioner? And how much have you had to learn since being in the role? I suppose it's like any role. Uh, Your training and your education and your experiences prepare you to a certain aspect of the role. But once you actually get into the role and you understand the role better, then obviously the journey is always going to be evolving and you're always learning. So, you know, for every day you learn something new about your role, no matter what you're doing, and especially this role that that I'm doing now. So how have your priorities evolved in the time you've been Commissioner? 
I suppose we're nuancing, we're learning every day, you know, the last 12 months with COVID-19. Certainly the, the role has definitely changed and what I thought it would be during a, a crisis or an emergency at this level. So I'm certainly learning from that point of view. But when I first became commissioner, certainly my priorities uh, changed. It's one thing I've always been uh, people orientated, but, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're not a good organisation if you don't look after your people. So people are my number one priority and the organisation's number one priority. If we don't look after our own people, we can't look after the community and we can't keep people safe if we don't keep our own people safe. It was British Prime Minister Harold Macmillan who quipped events, dear boy, events, to describe the greatest challenge to running a government. Does that ring true for running a police force as well? Yeah, we're always uh, we're always shaped by events that happen every day, and every crisis will shape us differently. And we we live in, in on our reputation of policing, and we are allowed to police through legitimacy of the community. So we reputation is really really important, but your your own people are really important. So we have to make sure that we uh, look out for our own people, provide them with the skills, training, and an environment that allows them to operate successfully and deal with the pressures of policing. What's the actual job of a commissioner like on a day-to-day basis? What do you find yourself doing in a typical week or find that you don't have enough time to do? The typical day of a police commissioner or anyone in a senior leadership role is always evolving, always changing. Um, One day is going to be different to the next day. But I have to say every day, you know, you look forward to coming to work. If I stop enjoying my job and coming to work every day, then I wouldn't be doing this job I'm doing at the moment. But there's no such thing as a typical day. Every day is different, but always from a personal point of view, I always start my day at the same time. I'm always at a a gym class at 10 to 6, go and um, work out until about 6.45 and then catch up with a few people for coffee and then I go and start my day. I like routine. Physical well-being is really important to me and I think it allows you to do a, a better job. Then obviously you're going to be shaped by the events of the day or the events of the previous day. For example, the media um, sometimes can help shape what your day uh, may look like what issues you need to look at and provide your political masters with advice about certain issues. There's obviously internal issues. There's obviously crimes and events that happened during the previous day or night that may need your attention. But normally those sort of things are dealt with within the policing organisation and the hierarchy as well. So one thing I've learned, there's no such thing as a typical day. That one phone call, that one issue that actually might come up will absolutely shape your day and may take uh, your attention away onto the, the bigger things or the bigger issues that you need to keep your attention on. In your case, the position of Tasmania Police Commissioner is also responsible for running a broader department and it has the designated responsibility of being the state controller during major disasters and emergencies such as COVID-19. How does that add complexity to your life? I assume you have to delegate your responsibilities a fair bit. Yeah, in these positions you must delegate and you, you should always make sure you keep at the strategic level, otherwise you tend to focus uh, too far down the organisation and you need to make sure you trust the people you work with, which I certainly do. So basically there are three roles that I undertake. One is the, the Commissioner of Police, one is the Secretary of the Department of Police, Fire and Emergency Management, and the third one, as you said, is the State Controller. But all those bring uh, different complexities as well. Our organisation has not only a Tasmania Police, we've got the Fire Service for an employment point of view. They operate to a fire service commission as well. We've got the State Emergency Service, we've got Forensic Science Service, uh, Tasmania, and then we've got the executive area that looks after the administration and corporate service for all those pieces of the puzzle. But it actually brings the complexity, but it also brings uh, something different and uh, it's nice to be able to work in in different aspects of this job. How did responding to the threats and challenges of COVID-19 impact you as Commissioner and State Controller? 
Well, you know, every commissioner around the world or every uh, state controller, emergency controller around the world would uh, have the same issues to deal with. We've done a lot of training, a lot of preparation for emergencies, whether it be a, a terrorist event, an earthquake, a fire, whatever it may, or a storm, storm event. We've done a lot of training for that, a lot of uh, getting prepared. And being the, the state controller, you work with the other government agencies to make sure you are prepared. But I don't think any of us were prepared for COVID-19, and we certainly weren't prepared for the length of the emergency as well but we've adapted we've worked really well with the other government agencies being from Tasmania a smaller jurisdiction we've already established those uh, relationships with other heads of agencies and other organizations so picking up telephones getting those relationships established didn't take certainly as long making decisions you know we all would meet every morning at eight o'clock in the morning during a the, the height of the COVID pandemic, every heads of agency, and then we'd regularly meet with our political leaders, the uh, the premier as well. So whilst it was a different environment, but our training and our preparedness certainly led to a smoother transition into preparing for this. And, and you know, we've all said that this is a marathon, not a sprint, and it certainly has turned out to be. Even though countrywide vaccinations for COVID-19 have commenced, are you envisaging a lengthy period of time before things return to normal, whatever normal looks like? Yeah, whatever normal looks like. But again, you know, we're well prepared for it. We'll work with the community. We've always have to be prepared for an outbreak. Complacency is our probably our biggest enemy at the moment. We have to make sure the message continues to get out there. The vaccine will take us uh, a certain way, but you know, we'll, we'll be into this phase for uh, a number of months. And who knows by the end of the year that something different could be sprung upon us. But again, we you know we just have to make sure we don't be complacent as a community, as an organisation. But you know, as we know, policing continues on whilst we're responding to the COVID-19. We still have to do with traffic crashes. We still have to deal with crime. We still have to run the organisation to make sure the community is safe. There's several aspects. It certainly challenged every policing organisation around the country. But, you know, during the height of the, the COVID-19 response, you know, we police commissioners all got together once a week to share what's been happening, what ideas people wanted to share. And it was really a great way to get together and understand what's happening around the, the country and New Zealand. Were those meetings an ad hoc arrangement or were they part of a more systemic network of meetings and forums? We've had a, a police commissioner's forum established, uh, I think, back in uh, during the Second World War. So that's just continued on. We've had regular meetings with that, but just we um, had a weekly meeting. Normally it's uh, a couple of times a year, but during the, the current crisis and situation, we had it once a week last year. Great pride is taken by police in the concept of the independent office of constable, meaning operationally police have a high degree of autonomy from government and other agencies. At the same time, a police force is funded by government and therefore accountable to it, as it should be, when the government represents the community. Governments also give guidance to police forces on administrative and policy issues. They appoint commissioners and they also expect the various agencies, including the police, to cooperate with each other. So in your experience, how do the various parties reconcile these potentially conflicting themes? The legislation is quite clear about operational matters are in the purview of the police commissioner. The minister and the political level can certainly advise us and direct us in relation to policy issues. So I think it is quite clear, the legislation is clear where my role begins and starts as the police commissioner and also as my role as the secretary of the department. So 
there's always going to be grey areas, but as long as you understand and have it clear in your mind about where you can be directed from a policy point of view and where the operational matters become within the the, uh, the police service as well. So, and also it's one of the things you, you know, from my point of view, I've always learned you, you should understand where someone is uh, coming from and understanding where the political leaders uh, are coming from and understanding the issues they are representing the community. So, and they can guide us and should guide us on the political issues as well and the policy issues. So, you know, I think it's quite clear where the delineation should be and is. For mid-level leaders within policing today and for future leaders of tomorrow, what are some of the tips and lessons you have learned in your journey and career about being a good leader? There's a couple of aspects to your question. Uh, For example, not everyone uh, wants to be promoted. Not everyone wants to become commissioner. Everyone's got different ambitions. I often say, and I've never been to a a public meeting where the community says, gee, we need more police commissioners. They actually want those people out there keeping them safe every day, and that's the constables and the sergeants. But if people do want to become leaders within uh, the policing service, there's several courses, exams that they can go through, well, they need to go through to get that experience and those qualifications to to go to sergeant, to go to inspector, and they are all uh, university qualifications as well. So, you know, do it as early as you can. As we all know, studying, having a life, having a family is very difficult to try and match those up. And it's also about getting different experiences. You know, we've got different aspects in, in policing. You know, we've got 101 jobs in one career. So it's a matter of uh, getting that experience in different fields, not specialising. Sometimes if you want to specialise, you can, but that narrows your perspective in in relation uh, to getting promoted as well. But the one thing you should always do is enjoy your job and enjoy what you're doing and get that work-life balance and then uh, undertake the studies that you need to and find that point of difference that you want to go where you enjoy and then if you want to uh, hold that vision to go forward, then uh, let that work for you as well. What are some of the most striking differences and similarities to police work between when you started and today? Technology is one of those issues that have just advanced since when I started to uh, where we are now. One of the things that I've always learnt in policing, if you take advantage of that technology and work with it and not against it, then of course you'll become a better police officer. Community attitudes have changed over the last 40 years. What was accepted 40 years ago is certainly and shouldn't be accepted in today's society as well. So a lot of things have changed. A lot of things stayed the same, as in crime still occurs. We've got organised crime, but organised crime now is certainly global, not only within your own community. So that's, you know, criminals have taken advantage of technology as policing has taken advantage of technology as well. But at the end of the day, you have to stay connected to community and we have to listen to the community. We haven't got all the answers. We have to work with the community to make sure that they help us provide the answers and the visions where they want to go as well. But technology is just advancing. It's advancing at such a fast and rapid pace. We have to try and keep it abreast of that. And we also have to make sure that we're looking over the horizon. We used to just look at, you know, the next day, the next week, the next year. Now we have to look at five and 10 years and see where our organisations need to go, need to be prepared to go as well and take advantage of what the current environment allows us and what the future also allows us. So it's pretty exciting where we're going, what we're doing, but some of the challenges, as we know, are still going to be there that have been there for 100 years. But we also know that a lot of crime is happening off our shores as well. So we have to advise our politicians in relation to legislation that we need to do our job, as well as listening to the community to help them help us uh, as well. How much advocacy, advising and lobbying a government do you and the police department undertake? It's not something normally done in public, but I imagine there's a fair bit undertaken behind the scenes. 
it happens frequently. Uh, you know, nearly every day you're you're lobbying in relation to some sort of issue or advising your political masters about the emerging issues and what we should do or what's our suggestion. But of course, we haven't got all the answers. There's other aspects that our political leaders need to take into account as well as we do. So, you know, we're always working, whether it's with unions, getting advice from your own organisation, getting advice from other departments, and then providing that advice to our political leaders for, uh, for them to consider. One of the issues you have been very vocal about, both publicly and privately, is tackling the problem of domestic violence and violence against women. In your opinion, what needs to be done to counter this scourge, and what's the role of police? Policing plays a, a, a huge role in uh, family or domestic violence, and you know we've certainly moved uh, a long way. You know, I, I, I tell a story of uh, as a child uh, living next door to a couple, and they'd be always arguing, and the police would be called, and I always wondered what the, the female of the house, what she was going through, and yet the police would just go there, and it was more or less a noise complaint, keep the, the shouting down, and not annoy the neighbours type of situation. And then you know now we're actually understanding what family violence and what mainly women. Uh, sadly have to go through and so you know we have to keep a uh, not only keeping those people who breach the laws to account but we also have to change attitudes as well it's not just our role to make sure that we keep people to account and keep the community safe we also have to play a role in uh, changing attitudes you know sadly it's uh, you know one woman a week on average is, is killed through family violence you know that's just a terrible statistic but again we have to keep addressing the issue and to make sure we do uh, change attitudes you know and also holding those perpetrators to account. What do you see as the most pressing challenges for policing into the future, both for Tasmania Police and policing more generally in Australasia? You mentioned technology before, but what are the other challenges? Yeah, we know the police officer of the future is going to be different to what the police officer is now. He's providing a, a career for a police officer. We know that policing uh, is changing. We know those people applying to become a police officer, they'll also change. You know, the makeup of the police service will be a lot different. Uh, we're getting a lot more women into the, the job, which it should be. You know, I think we're about 35% of women in Tasmania Police at the moment, but that sort of percentage needs to go up. We need to make sure that's uh, represented right through the career structure as well. We know that the community expectations are changing. That'll be certainly a challenge to make sure we uh, meet those expectations. And of course, we're accountable through whether it's social media, media, political uh, situation uh, as well. So we're also very much accountable, more accountable than than we ever have been. We know social media plays a big role in actually uh, shaping how we react. And, and also, we know there's a lot of people using uh, social media not the way that they could be as well. So we've got a lot of challenges. The future is, is looking really good, though. Um, and we just have to make sure we're looking over the horizon. We've done a capability review. You know, that's going to shape our thinking for the next five or ten years. We know we have to change. If we don't change, then, of course, we're not going to be the, serving the community the way we should be. And I guess one of the challenges for Tasmania Police is while Tasmania itself is the smallest Australian state in terms of land mass, it is very rural. There's only a few large towns and cities and a lot of people live in remote and rural areas. How has your organisation evolved to meet the unique needs of Tasmanians? We always have to keep an eye on what a community is doing. If a community is expanding, we've certainly got to then look at expanding our services into that area. If a community is shrinking, then we have to look at what we're going to do and serve that community in a better way. But it's also, you know, I keep coming back to looking after our police officers, the way we respond to calls for assistance, whether it's an individual responding or an individual police officer responding, or there's a multi-unit response to a situation. We have very clear guidelines about how we do that as well. 
And as you said, we're very diverse geographically. We have a lot of different police stations around the, the community as well. But you know, with that comes some challenges, but with that, it certainly uh, has some advantages because we know police officers uh, need to connect to the community. They just don't want to see a police officer driving by and that's all they see of them. They want to actually connect with them, talk to them, so they get to know because we can do a lot of things remotely as we're doing this remotely now. But a lot of the time, the smaller communities want to see their police officers. They want to see them walking around. They want to feel safe. They want to know who the local police officer uh, is uh, as well. So a lot of things will continue to change, but a lot of the things need to uh, stay the same as well. Commissioner, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to mention? I think, for, you know, from my point of view, and I've been in this job over 41 years, and as the, the police commissioner for a job, I still enjoy it. I keep saying to the, uh, I meet every recruit that comes into this organisation. I meet them several times during their journey, and I keep saying to them, you know, it's a great job. You should enjoy yourself. You should look after yourself. But you yeah, have take time to enjoy family, get your work-life balance right, but also have a bit of fun because this job is absolutely fantastic. I've enjoyed most of my time in the organisation. There's always going to be some, some difficult times, but it is a great job and I can only encourage people if they're thinking of a career, come and join a police service and even better, come and join Tasmania Police. Thanks for your time, Commissioner. We really appreciate it. Great. Thank you for that. Listeners, that was Tasmania Police Commissioner Darren Hine. Well, that's all for this episode, but before we go, just a reminder, the Australian Police Journal's webpage address is www.apjl.com.au. At the website, you can access all episodes of the Policing Australia podcast and read some of our past articles from the journal. Subscribers to the APJ also have exclusive access through the website to an extensive and increasing number of back copies. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We appreciate it and we'll talk again soon.